I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stompcast. Um, We are stomping around at Sefton Park in Liverpool. Um, I've got bog foot, but that's (laughs) fine. It's all the joys of stomping. We are trying to navigate ourselves actually out of, out of the bog part, but uh, you know we, we are loving it. Are you enjoying the stomp so far? Yeah, definitely. I feel bad that your 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 foot is soaked. No, no, no. It's very much Abby that led us. Abby led us into a bush before. <laughs> she led me an Olympic gold medalist into a deep bush, didn't you, Abs? Really? And we had to quickly reverse. Yes. No. <laughs> Abby's wonderful, but uh, I feel like I think you're I think you belong in the city, Abs. We yeah, need to be equipped. They, oh, God, we've got some real stompers ahead of us. They've got the whole stomping sticks and, and whatnot. Anyway, guys, welcome back to Stompcast. I hope whether you've listened to part one and you're joining us in part two on a different day or the same day, it doesn't matter. So amazing to you getting out, looking after your health. And we're going to have a fantastic continued conversation. We've, we've talked a little bit about how social media is a superpower and sometimes a real superpower for good. I think I'd yeah, imagine yeah. you could probably say that from your perspective and like the platform that it's kind of given you in that sense or you yes. created actually didn't give it to you, you created let's talk about how you write music now i i've started playing the piano okay so with my goal of 2022 i want to play the piano now the world got in the way of me and i actually got in the way of myself mm-hmm. and i didn't get to learn the piano in that year which is fine so people are listening going yeah oh I'll beat myself up i didn't do what i wanted to do last year that's fine there's always time to start yeah. now so i'm starting to learn i'm very much learning the basics of music okay. but it did make me think like I'm playing this stuff and it's harder to play. How on earth do you write a song? And then how do you write music, whether it's piano, guitar, whatever, and uh-huh. sing over it or decide what you're going to say? Like, is it like sat under a tree on a sunny day? Is it kind of, how do you write music? Okay, so it, it varies. When I, was, when I was in school or in uni, the one thing I hated the most was when somebody came in and told me, this is how you write a song. Okay. Because... Like, I just thought, I'm going to write whatever I want. Do you know what I mean? And don't tell me how to do it. And so, so I don't want to preach to anyone mm. because, and just, just, it's like, you can start with chords, you know, chords, right? Yeah. Yeah. So chords and just your thoughts and your feelings. And that's what I do now. And it's just, you, you, so you can do it anywhere. That's the best thing about now as well. If you've got a piano or you've even got a laptop or whatever, music you can make music whenever i've written so many songs in in like hotel rooms or um you know on the train like putting bits of production in and stuff like that um i think the basics of it you can start wherever you want and whatever you want it to be about i really i'm sorry i can't be more useful but i think the most damaging thing is if you put somebody especially if they're just starting into a box because and give them a set of rules yeah. because there are no rules, especially with music. There's absolutely no rules. There are songs that there was a, a little Uzi Vert song that I heard the other, the other week and it's gone like multi-platinum and it's just like wow. a kick drum and some like weird synth. And it's like, you would never think that would do it. But especially that, I think that went big on TikTok and that's how it got a lot of its thing. But 
So there's no, absolutely no. So your advice on how to do it is that there is no advice on how to do it. I think so. I think (laughs) so. I'm sorry that's so unhelpful. No, but But, I think what you're saying is creativity needs space, right? I believe that's what you're saying is like, you've got to have space to do it. Do you have your own preferred, so for example, right, okay, so I guess in the record label say, right, we want you to produce a set number of songs or Uh albums or whatever it is. Do you therefore then go, right, so this is the kind of album I need to make, therefore I'm going to go and sit in a room and and do this, or is it like I'll allow myself six months, we'll see what what comes? So for me, um, the process has been like, you write a load of songs. I've got loads of songs, like I've got a lot of songs. How many? How many songs does someone write? um, Good good ones, I'd say to, and I've been doing it since I was about, well, I've been writing since I was 14. And you're how old now? 21. You're 21. You're 21. So I've, got, I've got probably 60 good ones. Wow. Which isn't, like, for how many years? That's six years or whatever, more? I don't know, still quite years. a lot of songs. I haven't written any, so... But, but you can, you, you, there's always time to start. There's always time to start. I think, for me, um, I've just released an EP last year. So, so songs on that EP, let's take that, for instance. Um, there was a song, the oldest song on there was one that I wrote when I was 16. Mm. And um, it was just, it was always there and it was, it was good. And then the, the, it fit in, eventually it fit in with the whole theme of the EP and made sense for that to be on it. And then there was just, the most recent one was one I wrote only six months before it came out, which was bleak. So yeah, like you basically compile them. And then I've got, I've got loads of ideas for, for, for what I want to do next. Like I want to do an, an, an album or a, or a project, which is more around you know, different things and, and just branching out and like a little bit more heartbreak and whatnot mm. and stuff like that. But hey, what do you talk, what, what's your main like go-to? Like if you can talk about something, if you felt comfortable to write a song about something, what would it be? Because a lot of people talk about breakups or, yeah. you know, it's kind of your ex-girlfriend or whatever. Is that yeah. the kind of... Um, I think if you have that and that's, if, if you're in that period, yeah. there was a time when that was once all I wanted to write about, well, that was quite soon after I'd been broken up with. Do you know what I mean? So it's whatever's on your mind at the time. But if I go to write a song, I often just like start like talking about like how much of a mess I am, like in terms of like uh, anxiousness and stuff like that. That is the, the kind of default for me and uh, which is quite interesting, I guess. Um, but I guess that's how music for me, like the EP I just put out called Socialising is it's basically a glorified diary entry that's got some synths over it mm. and, and is dragged out for like 20 minutes. Mm. Um, and, and so music is a coping mechanism for me, for just everything, you know. It's an, interesting, um, it's an interesting paradox that I think in the music industry there is so much mental illness. I don't yeah. want to generalise, but I no, think yeah. there definitely has been very public and over the years very famous cases of people really, really struggling yeah. with their, their mental illness. But also it's a place where I think so much of that is expressed in music to help others. It's like yeah. an interesting yeah. point. Is that sometimes people's... I, I always find it interesting. Like sometimes I have been at gigs I've been you know been to Glastonbury a couple of times and I stood there listening to a song we're all smiling and singing yeah. and when you listen to the lyrics you realize actually it's written from a real place of pain yeah and I find that's really interesting isn't it but we're all yeah. kind of there and you've got the togetherness moment and you all feel lifted by the music yeah but actually it was written possibly in someone's darkest hour yeah. it's an odd it's concept really isn't strange, it it's isn't it it's so strange but I think that's what's brilliant about music is that it can do that like when I was in uni and I was like going out to clubs, like Mr. Brightside had come on oh, and everyone yeah, screamed yeah. that lungs out. Yeah. But it's like, it's he really, wrote that yeah. when he was absolutely torn up about some girl. 
but everyone's just yeah. belting it now for yeah. just because they feel that's good. the un- that that is a video in itself. You need to make a video about Mr. You've done yeah, one Mr. about Mr. Brightside. Uh, do you know what? Have done one about that? You've got to. There I, we go. I'll credit you. Trust do that me. One. Trust me. That, all the thirty-year-olds, especially the guys <laughs> who went in, like in the early two thousands to uni, will be like, "That, that. was our tune <laughs> in the SU." Like, absolutely, definitely in Plymouth okay. Uni where I was, okay. where I was going. But you're right. I mean, like I, one of my biggest. I mean, I'm Welsh, so uh-huh. stereophonics are. You know, to me, I grew up. Kind of listening to stereophonics yeah. and kelly jones wrote one of their be- first biggest songs a uh, local boy in the telegraph on the oh. back of a um he used to work at a um i think it was a fruit and veg stall actually and oh, uh wow. he wrote the so- wrote it on the back of a, a packet because effectively it's actually a really sad song he'll sing it like really happily it was actually quite a sad song yeah. because effectively it's about a local boy who took his own life yeah. um and he'd actually asked um kelly jones about the timetable local timetable of the trains and, and so on and he wrote the song after he found out what what happened oh, wow. or whatever but you kind of like if you listen to it in a very superficial level you don't yeah. realize but then when you understand the context I, I guess what i'm saying is that you can take music on so many different levels yeah. like you can listen to something that actually has a really deep meaning but also just listen to it really yeah. casually so yeah. one song that's written and you listen to it and 10 people listen to that song you can have nine ten different yeah. interpretations can't you of yes what that means to that to that kind of person i guess yes i guess my me- my kind of meandering thoughts on that is like do you ever think like i, I wonder in what context people will take the song because yeah. you sing something and it means something to you but the way someone else listens to it could be completely different can't it yes yes i think like i i think about that for other people's music when i put out my own music I try not to think about that stuff because I can find it a little bit strange and a little bit weird. Mm. And I've been learning to try and not take my work too personally once it's out. Because once it's out, like you said, it's a kind of a vessel for other people to do what they will with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I, I, I've, there's a song by the 1975 who are like my favourite band, and um, it's not living if it's not with you. Mm, mm. And on the surface, it's like yeah, a, it's a love yeah, song, yeah. but it's actually about heroin. Yeah. And like, there are a couple yeah. of songs that do that, right? But but it's there's such some a very very famous thing. songs that are actually very yeah. much like about different things. And, yeah. yeah. So so I think that sort of thing is like, is really interesting how different people can interpret different songs and attribute it to different moments in their life. And and I love that. I love that. But yeah, it, it's strange to think about for my own work because. Like, you kind of, like, when I was starting, you've got everything perfected in your head. Mm. So I'll write this song and it means this to me Mm. and it will mean the same thing to these people Mm. and they will understand it and da-da-da-da-da. And when I do my show, that's what it'll be. And this song's going to be the most, like, popular one and then this one and this one. It's just, like, now what I've learned is, like, you put your heart and soul into it. You put the song out and you you kind of switch off. So you don't take your failure or your success personally because either way it can skew your kind of mental state about it it's it's um i think that's quite good advice regardless of whether you're creating content or doing anything yeah, like is yeah. that kind of do your best and then like my mom my mom was growing up always used to say it's like there's like all you can do is your best and yeah like actually pretty good advice isn't it yes. you're going to do your best something as long as you're proud of it and you've done your best then the rest is whatever well, yeah it, it sounds it sounds twee doesn't yeah, it, it does and, like sound t- two but... years ago i wouldn't have I wouldn't, I've kind of like laughed that off and go, no, I just want to be a success. Mm. But then you get hit with a massive failure. I was listening to you speaking about how you didn't get into uni the first time Mm -hmm. and how that's like a a big moment. And and I related it to, you know, times where I've put a song out or or haven't got a a 
place or on a festival or whatever else and, and you just get hit in the stomach and it's like, oh, not everything's going to go perfectly. Yeah. And also not everything's in my control. So yeah, like I can't, I can't tear myself up because, because there's something that I never would have been able to change anyway has, hasn't gone my way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I've learned recently that, that yeah, just, just to try and do what's best within your control. Again, it's like really simple stuff, but you, you just, the more you experience it, the more it becomes relevant, I think. I've heard people um, giving different answers to this question. I find uh -huh. it quite an interesting one, is that when you're creating music, and especially if it's about something quite personal, even something painful at the time, do you find that cathartic? Do you find that like healing anyway, or is it actually just like picking off the plaster and exposing? Like, I just wonder how, um, you said about anxiety, for example. Yeah. Is that helpful to talk about that, or is the benefit from knowing it helps others? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a bit of both. What, what I find most interesting is I wrote a song called Bleak, which is about like suicidal thoughts. And I wrote that um, the middle of last year. And then I toured at the end of last year. So like six months on, hadn't really listened to the song like fully through since I kind of made it. Um, and then when I went to sing it a tour, mm. the first time I played it, I just like started sobbing because everyone in the room was singing it back. And then wow, the emotion yeah. comes back then. Um, wow, wow, wow. So, so it's, it, it's, cathartic at the time but then past that I was like I can't just keep crying every gig so then it becomes like a thing of how do I manage that but for me it's very cathartic initially when you write the song and then after that it comes a lot of like can be a stressful process of of trying to get it perfect to yeah. a point where you want everyone to hear it and that's that's really strange because it's something you love yeah but the experience you're having is one of so yeah, much stress sure. and so much like anguish that you begin hating it and and it's it's a really weird relationship and i've had that for a couple of songs because they're like my babies yeah. but then when i listen to them now it'll remind me of a certain time or yeah, feeling, yeah. And, and it's like i don't want to and also i think um i find very different but i find when you when you put anything out there um i think people mirror what you put out so if you put yeah. out things and you share vulnerabilities and it's a beautiful part of social media actually is people often share vulnerabilities back which is bittersweet because yeah you've got to kind of protect your yes self with them but i imagine you know in that moment of like people singing back to you like some people will be singing that song back because they love the music but other people actually really relate to yeah. that specific feeling yeah. that you're describing does that feel like a burden in some ways they're kind of like oh gosh this is quite a lot to, to kind of handle well i was actually i was going to ask you this because because of the the nature of of, of that song and, mm. and and what it talks about, a lot of people have just in the comments of whatever TikTok I post share really deep, yes. really sad and uh, you know personal stories. And I don't know, I genuinely do not know what to say. And and mm. you must have had similar things. How do you deal with that? Because I'd love to go through mm. every comment and, and reply but even then I'm only offering like yeah. I'm really sorry and it's like that's not enough for somebody who's mm. well my my thing I would say and it's taken a long time to learn this but I think it is something I do feel I understand to a degree now is that you, you've got to accept within yourself that you can't fix everybody yeah and you've got to accept that it's not only that you can't it's not your role to fix everyone yeah and if you know that actually you're creating and adding you're you're putting something out there that's potentially helping others or raising awareness to something then you know you're helping those people and if you're getting to the point where they feel they can open up and the hope is they can go and get personalized help yeah. for them because ultimately you're not going to be best placed 
to yeah, do it. And yeah. actually, most of the time, in, in, in the most respectful way, unless you're a, a psychiatrist or whatever and they're your patient, you're yes. not in a position to, yeah. to, to help that person directly. And the hope is, it's more that you think, well, do you know what? If I'm talking about this, making it more normal, yeah. they're opening and talking about this. Hopefully, you're having that kind of domino effect yeah. on society where the people around them will start talking about it and yeah. that they can access other support. And I, I do think boundaries are important. I mean, uh -huh. you know, if I could clip my fingers now and get rid of all the suffering and all the mental illness yeah. in the world, I would, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, by instantly, almost by definition, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, and, yeah. You, and, and there's also got to be a boundary of like helping others versus damaging yourself. If I, you know, if I pushed myself to the brink and I really got myself into a really, really dark place because yeah. I was effectively almost self-harming by help, trying to help some yeah, people yeah. and absorbing their pain, you're not actually really helping people because yeah, you're not yeah. able to then, you then break yourself, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it is that balance. And I, and I guess, um, I mean, do, do you worry about, you know, becoming, you know, going to like a huge level and becoming like, you know, you know, really big superstar. There's so much burden, I think, that comes with that. We talk about Taylor Swift, and I, I love her, and uh -huh. that kind of stuff, but she, I guess, has to be very aware, and I think she's spoken about this, that what she puts out there really does have an impact. Like, people yeah. will follow what she says, and there's, there's, there is a response, and I feel to it an infinitely less, I'm not comparing no, my uh, influence to, to, to her, but you, you're kind of aware that you, you really are influencing people, and yeah. people are going to listen to what you say. It, does that you or does that excite you or? um well like you said i, I mean my, mine's mine's minuscule compared to yours and compared to it's not, i mean it's but, not but, but, yeah. but i think like like i mentioned before like uh, the best thing i can do is is make sure that the art is honest and coming from a, a real place mm. and i'm not fabricating it or trying to replicate somebody else's experience for my own gain do you mm. know what i mean and because that would be the worst thing to do i feel like <laughs> These birds, are they going to be okay? Yeah, they're going to attack us. There's a lot of birds here. That I feel, you know, um, you know, Home Alone. Yes. That, that moment where the bird lady and she gets, yes, she gets there. Actually, Abs. If anyone's going to get attacked yeah. by a bird, it's going to be. In fact, Abs is dressed like that lady. She's got the hat on, yeah. the long coat. We some bird seed on her shoulders. You have a million uh, pigeons and seagulls. That'd uh, be amazing. And it is a snowy day as well. Yeah. It'll be kind of apt. Oh my word. Great TikTok content as well. Yeah. That yeah. Really yeah. You have to go. do it. I'll get. I'll, I'll find some bird seed in a second. Yeah, that would go. That would go big. Um, no, so it is strange knowing that what you put out does have a kind of impact on people, especially with TikTok a bit more so than music. Because music, you write a song, you'll think it over, you'll think it. Do you know what I mean? Sure. There's a lot of reviewing processes in that. Whereas with TikTok, you film it, 15 seconds, yeah. click, and it's gone, and then it reaches. There's like, a really good point in that around, and I've had it a few times, and like it kind of goes back to the point of you put something out with an intention of A, and maybe it was interpreted as point yeah. B. Now, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm not particularly, a, I don't think I'm a particularly controversial figure, but like, uh -huh. you know, everyone puts things out that may be interpreted in a way that you wouldn't intend. Have you had that happen? Yes. Like, has it happened where you put, especially in comedy, because you're always, yeah. so for something to be funny, it sits on the edge, doesn't it? Yeah, Like, exactly. have you had it where people have gone, actually, I don't like that, I don't agree with that, or whatever? Yeah. And I how mean, has that affected you? TikTok is full of people misconstruing things, mm. like, completely. And, and, and that's what I've learned. You can't please everyone, and I, I wouldn't say that a lot of the TikToks that I post are uh, no, that no, controversial. No, no, no they're, not, they're not. But in the, in the early days of doing it, if I got any backlash at all, I'd take it down and think, oh God, what am I doing? Yeah. But it's like, it's not that the TikTok's wrong or I set out to offend anyone. There was one where I, I made, um, I did an impression of people who didn't have Instagram. Yeah. And I kind of, I said like, oh, um, 
what do you do for entertainment? Do you just like rub sticks together and try to make fire? And it was just, it was just like <laughs> tongue in it's cheek. satire, yeah, yeah, like silliness, and, and, yeah. And then loads of people commenting saying like, I don't have it because it triggers my anxiety or this isn't a good take, da 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 da. And this is very mild, do you know what I mean? Sort yeah. of backlash, but it's like, well, I'm not going to take it down because I think the people who get it, get it and it's, and it's funny for them. And if I've upset a couple of people because they've kind of misconstrued it and, and not understood the joke, then is that my fault? Um, maybe I should be more careful, but really, yeah, if, if I look back on something and think I've been out of line, Place, then yeah. I will take it down and apologise. It is difficult, is it? It's kind of like, I used to go and buy like Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I wouldn't, you know, I couldn't go and say, oh, I don't like this song and put it on the bottom of this thing. Yeah, it didn't yeah, exist, yeah. the Red Hot Chili, but they didn't have Instagram back then, right? Yes. So, there's a level of like separation and you accept that some people are going to love your song yeah. other people are going to hate it and I guess for anyone that creates any kind of content or puts anything out there on social media there is very little barrier between you and them so yeah. that you can write a song put it out nine people go that's amazing ten say oh I don't like that song yeah. it's rubbish mate I don't like it yeah so what do you do with that isn't yeah, it? Like, you've yeah, got to really yeah. I think that's what I do I say for this generation for your generation going through the 20s now that is why it's so much hard and it's not just yeah. the people that have that want to grow followings that want to do music or want to do whatever it's mm -hmm. for anyone that puts anything online so for example yeah. you could have 100 followers post a picture in an outfit and you go you're really proud of a new t-shirt you're wearing yeah. or whatever it is i'm just using an example yeah 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 and someone goes oh i don't like that or whatever or yeah i prefer my i don't know it, there is no separation anymore yeah, at all. Yes. A judgment is instant and it's always there. Yes. It often hits you when you don't want it. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. I first got a phone that had social media on when I was about 14. And so I had like the majority of my childhood without without social media and the input of it. I look at my cousins who are like that age now or, 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 or younger and people who are like just starting secondary school and, and have... Uh, are, always online and it's like you're kind of on a stage from from that age and mm -hmm. you, you can't your capacity to make mistakes is so much smaller you're getting information from everywhere all the time which is just de like massacring your brain yeah. um uh, yeah it's it's really it's really weird so i i feel lucky like you said that i think i feel lucky that i've been able to get as far as I have in my life with that before mm, social mm. media kind of kicked in because I know that when like even when I was like 18 or whatever or I mean it, it, it's silly to say that because whatever age you are it's it, it can yeah. social media can affect you but but especially if you're in your kind of in your youth your do you know what I mean years, yeah, really. yeah. Kind of establishing of who you are and actually even to the point around creativity again you know social media has a real positive side but the creativity side you have to have space, right, mm -hmm. for creativity to happen. I know with like write, me writing my yes. books or if I'm creating content, whatever idea I'm thinking of creatively, you have to have space. I can't be like, right, from five o'clock in the afternoon to six, I'm going to come up with a creative idea. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. you've got to have yeah. mental energy and physical time to do it. And I think yeah. the clever thing about social media is that the algorithms pull you in so much that it can actually stop you from being creative, can't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. You've got no time to, to think or anything. So... Hi, are you okay? Good to see you. I love that up north, by the way. Everyone says hello to each other. That's what's fantastic. Yeah. You get that in Wales, well, in London. Like, if someone said hello to you, and you, you know, you would actually be immediately quite concerned. Yeah. As to what yeah. Has yeah. Happened. Like that person said good morning. Yeah. Like, 
what am I wearing something odd? Yes, or, yeah, exactly. Is it, my hair looking crazy? I don't know. Yeah, my, my sister's recently moved to London and, and she has the same thing. Like, it's a, it's a little bit uh, more It's a cold, funny one, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a funny um, one. Sorry. No, 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 not at all. Um, over Christmas, I, I kind of switched off. I mean, I was, I was quite quite ill and so I just did it I took like four days just do a jigsaw and mm. I didn't even look at anything and just kind of zoned back into actual the the moment you know what I mean and then I and then I made music but I made it and it, it was it was music that I just wanted to make and it wasn't because I write with, with people as well now a lot and that can be great but just relying on myself to to come up with something and not questioning it and not thinking, mm. will this will this be catching up for TikTok or will this do this or this do this and just going, I like it, I'm going to do it. And I think that's always when the best things yeah. come right. We've done a lovely loop back to, because at the start I was kind of talking to you this part around how do you write a song, how do you be creative? And it sounds to me like as we come to the end of part two, it's really creating it creating what you want to create for you yeah. and then the rest kind of comes afterwards, right? Is that effectively what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. And you must, you must find the same thing with your books and mm. everything, that you write it with somebody else in mind to, to, to like too much, yeah. it, it will... Um, well, you're not, yeah, you end, up, you end up being, you lose your yeah, authenticity yeah, from it. Yeah, you, you lose your authenticity. So our summary and end of part two is create for you. Yes. Here's, I think, create yeah, exactly. what you want to create, what you like for you. Thank you so much for coming to the end of part two. It's a fantastic storm. I'm really enjoying this park, you know. It is brilliant. It's we a great up here. And we've got friendly people saying hello as well, yes, which is really good. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed part two of the episode. We'll be back in, you know, a few moments with part three. So whether you're going to join us uh, immediately or whether you're going to have a break, it's on a separate part you're going to listen to, absolutely fine. We'll see you very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.